Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike. That's Doug. Dude, the Sharks gotta win. You know it's a sin when they win, dude. We're about to go on a rant, and now we can't because they won a game they shouldn't have won, but they won. Best the best game, game of, of the, the year. year. They won. What song are we singing? Eric Carlson even scored. I don't know why. <laughs> Why ask what why? are we gonna do? Eric Carlson was a plus three. What can we say? Oh no, it's backwards land. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and that's our intro. Oh man, yeah. Hey, um, this has been a super weird week. Yeah, I gotta say, uh, you know, going back to the Minnesota game, which might. I mean, that might have been the low point for me. That game was so, I mean, that, that, that was, I think we had to circle that as the most winnable game on this homestand. And they looked awful. Like they just, Sharks looked awful. Then they come back with maybe one of the nuttiest games I've ever seen. Yeah. In that Wild Wild West game against St. Louis, which seems like all the games against St. Louis are completely nuts this year. It's true. And maybe the most disappointing thing of the week, the one game we were going to stream on Twitch gets canceled. That's right. Right. <laughs> uh, and, you know, fortunately, it looks like that situation has been contained only to, we can assume, uh, Tomas Hurdle, since he's the only one who's on the COVID list. We can assume that he's the one who actually has the COVID. Yeah. Uh, and it seems like he's doing good. So um, that's for what is a bad situation. The Sharks uh, don't have it as bad as certainly some other teams have gotten it. So so that's good news. And then uh, they follow that up with, I mean, dude, I was fully expecting just a turd burger last night. A slaughter. Night. I, won't, I, I, really, I thought we were going to get slaughtered. I really thought it was going to be a house of horrors and i'm i mean it, and at a certain when it became you know when it when it was 2-1 i went yeah here we go you know like uh it's all gonna fall apart and the exact opposite happened and it was by far their best game of the year in my opinion yes and i mean i think my favorite part was that they seem to enjoy laying it on thick. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope they got a little taster's choice of what that felt like because another good thing this week is the Sharks in the last two games have suddenly discovered that they could score six goals a game, uh, which um, if they're going to win games this year, that's how they're going to have to win because six to two. I hope and- so. Well, but I'm just saying in general, their defense and their goaltending is not good. That's right. So if, they, if they've if they suddenly discovered their scoring touch, which in the last two games they have, that's an extreme positive. It's very good. And you're right. This is, of all the games of maybe the last month, this is the least likely for the Sharks to win Colorado, a really good team. And 
certainly after the last two efforts with Minnesota and, and St. Louis, both being very disappointing, as you said, the Minnesota one more so because of just the fact that Minnesota is closer to us in the standings and the Sharks were never kind of in that. I mean, they were in it in the beginning and then all of a sudden they weren't and that was it. And the Sharks giving up the lead four separate times to St. Louis, that never feels good. Um, and you wouldn't think that Colorado would be the team that the Sharks would sort of take it out on. Colorado's not a very hateable team, right? I mean, Colorado's the team that has these sort of high-flying, high-scoring, sort of good players that you can't really hate. It's not like it's Brad Marchand. You can like hate him because he like bit a guy or spit right, on a right. guy or whatever he does. And, right. you know, it's like Nathan McKinnon's great. He's got high-flying skills. He's amazing to watch. It's not like, oh, I got to get up for that guy. I really hate that guy. No, but they did. And the interesting thing about the Colorado game is after watching it, I went back and watched like the condensed game, which shows a lot of highlights. And then, of course, all the goals. And and the one thing that I don't know if you could call it a little bit of a double-edged sword, but a lot of those chances and goals were from Colorado mistakes, right? There was a significant number of shark two-on-ones, breakaways by Patrick Marlowe, <laughs> breakaways by John Leonard that get buried. Um, you know, this is not what I'm used to seeing. And it's certainly the good side is that the Sharks took advantage of a lot of those situations. Of course, they didn't score on every odd man rush. I mean, no team will do that. But they certainly made Colorado pay when they made mistakes. The other thing is it makes me a little worried that this score is inflated because Colorado made so many mistakes. And, and they did. Um, but again... The Sharks took advantage of those mistakes against a really good team and 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 won big and won all. You know they scored what all six goals in a row. Is that what happened? That's right. Yeah, uh, they they just went on a run and never looked back. And you know, dude, I mean, there's so much positive to take from this. Um, going back to what I said earlier, I just I really love that they just they didn't when, once it got to four two. They weren't satisfied, and you could tell that they sort of enjoyed smelling that blood in the water against a team that doesn't usually bleed, and they just buried them, and it was great to watch, right? Uh, you know, there's an empty net goal in there, but the others were not cheap, and you're right that um, there were mistakes, but these were the kinds of things the Sharks haven't capitalized on all year, and they were able to make that happen last night. And now we wait and see, can they ride some of this momentum through the rest of the week? Because I think if you go back to Saturday's game, if they had found a way to be on the other side of that game, if they had won that game seven to six, we would have been thrilled, right? Because that would have been one of those games that, sure, were there some sloppy goaltending and some sloppy defensive play? Yes, but like you came out the other side of a completely coin flip kind kind of game, yep. and you found a way to win that. And I was so bummed that they didn't because I really, when watching it, I was like, this could be this turning point kind of game here where if they can win and celebrate in the locker room and maybe even high five Eric Carlson, right. like that they <laughs> that they will be. Like maybe this will bring them together, winning a totally wackadoodle game like that, right? Where Jordan Binnington goes nuclear as he's leaving the ice. Yeah. Now uh, Devin Dubnik almost body slams him. You know what I mean? Like he pretends he to punch lo- everyone, including the ref no. and random fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was in hindsight brilliant, 
It worked, right? right? Did it, it work? It did. It worked. Yeah. I mean, and I don't know. Maybe we're giving him too much credit, but I, I mean, as he left, he tried to make sure that it had some sort of impact as he was being pulled. And I'm sure he was peeved that he got pulled, but his actions kind of woke up his own team and um, it worked for sure. I mean, maybe the most disappointing thing also in that game is that I mean, it was for Devin Dubnik. It was there, like it was right there, yep, right? Like yep. it was there. Come take the job, please. Uh, uh, we're taking applications, right? Right. And he gave up seven goals. <laughs> seven goals, oh, right? Man, I know. So bad, and um, not all of them were his fault. But seven goals—that can't happen, right? It can. And, and now the the waters are muddy again because Martin Jones. Had a really nice game against Colorado. He made a lot of really good saves and saves off a of rebound, saves off of pucks that probably should have gone in the net. So again, we're in this vacuum of, you know, this weird goalie controversy, which is do we take the 37th best goaltender in the NHL or do we take the 38th best goaltender in the NHL? Well, I, mean, I think it goes back to it's listen, if you play well, you keep playing. And I think that Martin Jones just played well. So guess what? You get to play again. Yeah. yeah. And if you, if you have a stinker, then you're out and it goes to Devin Dubnik, right? And it's his turn. I think they, they, they have to, if their goal still is to try and make the playoffs, which I think it is, right, that they have to go with whoever's playing well and not just we're kind of out of the 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 everybody gets a chance land, right? Like Warren Jones just had a good game after I was ready to just go on a full blown goalie rant. Yeah. After last night, I'm glad I, I kind of can't today because I'm not buying it. I'm just to be honest, I'm not buying it. I fully expect him to be bad soon again i don't all of a sudden he's he's average or above average i I don't buy it right but i can hope for it i want it to be right sure of course but i don't buy it yet but i do think he should get he should play the next game it should be him yes yeah i agree and you that that's the message that you need to send which is you have to earn your own playing time and if you're going to suck and you're going to give up seven goals <laughs> then we're going to go to the other guy right and you know this is where these you know back to back series come into play because you know the sharks draw the avalanche again tomorrow and i mean i'm just bracing myself right <laughs> like yeah, you just yeah. you feel like Oh no, you know, like they, they're because they're not gonna be happy about how they played. But boy, dude, if the Sharks can somehow win tomorrow and back to back the Avalanche, I mean, you know, you you could sort of be like, well, maybe maybe they're turning a corner a little bit if they could pull that off and put together. You know, you go back and you go. The Minnesota game was horrible. The win in St. Louis was, you know, uh, that's a good win. You win in St. Louis. I mean, St. Louis is in second place in the West, right? Yep. And they they have had Minnesota game aside. They've won 3-2. They've lost 3-2. They won 5-4. The Minnesota game was awful. And then that we, the, the Blues game, they could have won that game. There's really only been one game in the last six that they just got 
torched. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. So, I, are I, you ready to say that they're they're turning a corner or n- no? No, not until they play Vegas. Vegas is the litmus test, and Vegas is the best team in the division, and I get that. But I think you have to grade yourself against the best. Colorado is in fourth place as of this recording, which I I don't mean to undersell the Avalanche, but you know they're definitely a good team. A lot of people pick them to go very far in the playoffs. I don't want to undersell, but Vegas is the best team. If the Sharks look like Pikers against Vegas as they have in the past this season, then it's hard for me to take this team seriously as a playoff threat because the matchup is bad. They're a better team. Can the Sharks make it not embarrassing? It's not that they have to beat Vegas every time, but you know, the last game, they weren't even really in it. I didn't really, I mean, they played a good period. They played well for a while. And then it just sort of seemed like the floodgates open and that was kind of it. And so that's, that's how I'm going to sort of measure this team a little bit. Certainly the matchup against the blues is good for reasons that I don't quite understand. But and certainly taking a good game off the Avalanche is great, but not beating the Minnesota Wild is not great, and not being able to beat some of these worst teams like L.A. and Anaheim. Although we're going to get a chance to do that here coming up, but I still I always want to mark against the best. Yeah, well, dude, good news they're going to get that chance here. As they certainly are. Vegas comes to town for a back to back and. You know, I think teams that want to turn the corner, the opportunity is there right now. They just played their best game and they're going to play a team on Wednesday night that's going to be pissed, right? Colorado is not going to be happy with how that game turned out and they're going to come out and I think give the Sharks an A effort. Can the Sharks give an A effort back again, you know, and... I, I mean, I'm hopeful, right? I'm hopeful. I'm more hopeful than I've been, I think, all season based on how these last two games went. And again, I am lumping that St. Louis game in there because I thought that even though they lost, we saw something from them that demonstrated some sort of fight in that game. Like they were fighting the whole time. They kept scoring. Like, And that ability to generate offense... I think is a plus for a team that goaltending is, I don't think is ever going to be fixed with these two goalies. It's always going to be a problem and the defense is not good. I mean like defensively not good, right? Like as a, as a core. So um, they're going to have to score a lot of goals to win. And right. the last two nights they've done that. And that's been interesting to see. And their better players have been their better players, you know, Evander Kane, as much as he's been in the news, not for the right reasons, had three points last night, looked really dominant at times. Yes. A wonderful feed to LeBanc. I yes, mean, this guy just beautiful. This guy deserves some credit here. And Absolutely. I, I know a lot of people want to point fingers and say, you know, a new news story came out this week with one of his lenders bashing him and all this stuff. There's no need to go into it here. I'm sure you can find the news story if you haven't read it already. But certainly that's a big distraction. And here's a guy that manages to put that aside against one of the better teams in the league and comes out and shows him who's boss, frankly. I mean, Evander Kane was everywhere. Evander Kane was physical in that game. Evander Kane was asserting his will. He deserves a lot of credit for how he played. Agreed. Agreed. And you can kind of go down the the list here. Kevin LeBanc, Eric Carlson, 
his best game of the year, I think, so far. For sure. And I I certainly took note that he was third on the Sharks in ice time, which I think is appropriate. I don't think he should be playing 28 minutes, right? He barely played shorthanded. Good. Yep. He's not ready to do that yet. Unless you want to show a more complete game, you don't just get to do it because you're Eric Carlson. You have to earn it. And he hasn't earned that. So seeing him shoot uh, with accuracy, you know, from the point was great to see. You hope that he can continue to deliver that kind of play and be out there for more positive play, even strength, which he was um, in this game, right? I mean, three really tough games and maybe the hardest one is going to be tomorrow when, when I think Colorado is going to come out very um, motivated yes. to get, get some points and, and we'll find out, you know, are the sharks, how tough are they going to be? How tough will they be here? Right. You know, are they just going to be satisfied with taking two points against a good team or are they gonna- feeling it right now? And they say, Nope, you're in our house and we're going to try and take the full four. Yeah. We'll we're going to f- fight for more points here. Right. We'll find out, dude. Yeah, it's for true. Sure. And you know, there's some interesting things, dude, without looking, I know you were looking at ice time just a moment ago, but without looking, can you name the defenseman with the least amount of ice time? Um, I, I'm not looking and I, I'm just going to, I'm just because you asked a question, I'm yeah. going to guess it was Vlasic. It was Vlasic. Yeah. So now Knizov and Shimmick are getting more ice time than Vlasic. Vlasic is sixth on the Sharks in defensive ice time. And he got tor- He got worked. And, and Brett Hedekin, normally a fairly, uh, um, you know, nice guy in terms of his uh, reactions to goals. I mean, Vlasic got really kind of worked on that first goal where there was yes, the cutback and yes. Vlasic was sort of nowhere near. And that just was not, you know. Yeah. Usually, Brett Hedekin is a little more diplomatic than that. But he kind of gave Vlasic a little bit of the business that time. That was a little surprising. He's not been Vlasic, good. Yeah, I mean, Vlasic has not been good and certainly is not a $7 million defenseman in this league. And, um, you know, just another example of, you know, a player that the Sharks are likely um, going to have to find a way to get to be more productive. And, you know... Uh, Playing somebody 24 minutes just because they're making a certain amount of money is not a recipe for success. No. And if you're going to have him on the team, then you need to figure out what he's going to be able to do for you that's positive and his check is his check, right? So exactly. It's with Eric Carlson. Like, just because he wants, I'm glad he wants to play shorthanded. Dude, you're not, you're not cutting it right now. So you don't get to do that. Focus on doing what maybe you can be a positive contributor for. Right. And that worked. It worked last night. So we'll see if that continues. Um, now, dude, I, I hate to be too positive. <laughs> well, dude, we're got some tough games coming up here. We got another tough game against the abs and we got some tough games against Vegas. Vegas could make the sharks look like a midget team again. Uh, and so that's just not, uh, exciting to think about but can can they man up again and figure out a way to to take advantage of those mistakes because i think we're starting to see maybe what the sharks identity is right we've talked so much about it and at least 
the last few games, it seems like the Sharks' identity is to be tough in the middle of the ice and to try and counterattack and take advantage of mistakes, right? The Sharks are not a highly enough skilled team that they can create goals out of thin air. They're not Nathan McKinnon who can juke through some people, turn the Jets on, go around people, and just create goals, right? The Sharks don't have a goal creator in that way. So they're going to have to find a way to pick up the scraps and to make other teams pay. Are they going to find enough opportunities to do that? We're going to find out, right? Because some of these teams aren't in the habit of giving up a lot of opportunities. Dude, I have just a few general uh, roster questions here for you. Um, I think we both noticed that um, Alex Stalock was available on waivers this week. And Kevin Kerr sort of posed the question, should the Sharks claim him based on how bad their two existing goalies have been? They did not. Edmonton claimed him. Um and in the moment, my reaction was Doug Wilson is just too close to this situation to make a proper evaluation of this roster, right? Now, we just had a, a nice, uh, bubbly, rosy conversation, but <laughs> it still doesn't change the fact that Martin Jones has been bad. One good game last night aside, he's been awful, right? So if you claim Alex Stalock and you have to put Martin Jones on the taxi squad and you put him through waivers, yeah. what is the harm there, dude? What is the harm? The, the harm is to the player? His his ego? It's a good question. I don't really understand it either. I think there's two good reasons to claim Alex Stalock. One is that he's a known quantity. Certainly, he was on the Sharks for a while and... You know, there's there's pluses and minuses with with claiming Alex Stalock. Certainly, the, the he's never been a world beater in terms of goalies, but we could use the competition, and I think he de- definitely wants to play. And just the situation didn't really work out for him for on the wild. And the other thing, reading you know and knowing the history of Alex Stalock is he's a great guy in the locker room, and you know this is a locker room that may not be super solid <laughs> on really good <laughs> foundations, right? And bringing in good, positive guys that will be liked by everyone else, is known by others, that seems like a intangible quantity in Alex Stalock's favor. Now, not in his favor is he hasn't had great stats. And I, th- I think it was revealed yesterday that the reason he's been out is because of a heart condition, which is not good. Right. This isn't like a rehab situation. Oh, I, you know, got, you know, a a pulled muscle or something. This is, this is something that could cause, you know, significant issues down the road and could flare up sort of at any time. I think he has myocarditis or something. And so, you know, that's an unknown. Uh, And also there is the, the roster situation where, okay, do you have to carry three goalies? I guess you just wave Jones. Um, but yeah, is there some damage that would be done if you just take your supposed starting goaltender and just, and just ship them? I, I don't know. Um, I'm not saying I think the Sharks did the right thing. I think there are arguments to be made on both sides, but given the choice, I would have claimed Alex Stalock. I guess I'm not enamored with the thought of Alex Stalock. Like, I just thought it was interesting that, I mean, I, 
as a fan of multiple barrier teams, the San Francisco Giants have like the opposite like strategy. They claim like everybody. Like, I mean, <laughs> and their roster is constantly in flux. Now, I know there are different rules and different, you know, things with the CBA that make the Giants have the ability to kind of bigger rosters, abilities to send people up and down more freely. You know, it's different. But I just wonder as players might become available if he may be too close to this situation to make some of these very difficult decisions that might be upcoming unless the Sharks just completely turn their season around, right? That, you know, we can talk about Mario Ferraro on um, 31 Thoughts in a moment, which it was a great, great interview. It was. uh, That everybody should check out. But before the interview, um, um, Elliot Freeman talked about the Sharks sort of being headed for some very uncomfortable decisions, right? And he said that they may have to make some some transactions that could be painful in order to get some assets. And I didn't take that dude as trading Vlasic for a first round pick. I mean, like that's <laughs> that's not what we're talking about, right? Like, I mean, I felt like he was talking about what we've sort of alluded to is that, you know. I mean, if, if the Sharks need to reload, the players that they have that are of actual value are the ones you probably don't actually want to give up. Right. But if you want to get a first-round pick and two NHL-ready kids, you're going to have to trade the guy who wears the C, right? Yeah. And, like, you know, I again, I'm not saying they should do this. I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm just saying I think it makes sense that you can't be like, well... You know, I'll give you Vlasic and Eric Carlson <laughs> right. for um uh, uh Panarin and Georgia. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like you have to be realistic. I mean, it, the Sharks are are sort of in a weird position right now that they haven't been in where they're, they're the ones with the barrel. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah, that's right. And usually Doug Wilson has been the one taking advantage. So I guess this is just my bigger question, dude, is. Do we think he's too close to this situation to be able to make those kinds of decisions? Isn't that kind of what his job is, right? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) but here's the thing, right? So I I think that's a legitimate and reasonable interpretation of current events. However, he's been in this situation before and has gotten rid of sort of beloved sharks in the past. So I would want to hear an argument as to why this is different. He traded Douglas Murray. He traded Ryan Cloak. He traded good players that maybe at the time in retrospect certainly seemed like a really good move given how you know the Sharks were doing at the time. But those deals may not have worked out, right? He did cut ties with Joe Pavelski. This does not this is not a guy that you're like, oh, he's way, way too just happy with his own, you know, he's he's pumping his own book here. I mean, Joe Pavelski is like one of the most beloved players in the history of the franchise. And he's like, nope, we're keeping Carlson. Now, okay. in, in retrospect, not a great decision, but why right. would he not be able to make this a similar decision like that now? I guess, well, let me rephrase, counselor. <laughs> Please. Um, do you feel that he has the ability to analyze the roster correctly 
and part with the right people. It's <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not some like I'm I'm not his attorney. <laughs> but I objection I, objection. But I do want to understand, right? I, I yeah. I want to. It's it's really easy. A lot of fans really make this. Not that I think you're doing that, but I, I a lot of fans. You know, you're just looking for a fall guy. Doug Wilson's easy. Certainly looks like the last you know five major decisions haven't gone so well for this guy. And I think based on those results alone, you can say that he doesn't deserve to be the GM of the Sharks anymore. I think that's a totally defensible position. However, I'm not sure he just suddenly like lost all of his skills as a GM. And I want to understand what he's thinking. The Staylock thing doesn't make sense to me. Some of the the uh, you know, lack of bringing in some other players in the offseason doesn't really make so much sense to me. Um, but, you know, he plays his car- cards really close to the vest. Maybe there's a reason that makes sense. I just don't know what it is. Um, but I think, you know, these these guys are in a results-oriented profession, right? So you don't just say, well, he had really good intentions. <laughs> so you should, right. should stick around. No, it's like, it hasn't gone well for the Sharks. It could be really dark here in the next couple of years if things really continue to sort of go down this bad track. But getting away from the bad track, let's talk about a player who's really on the good track, and that's Mario Ferraro, who was interviewed on the same podcast, dude. Dude, I mean, Mario Ferraro, I already liked him on the ice. This guy's just got that kind of magnetic personality that as a fan of a team, you just love. Like, he seems like, just an awesome dude, super positive. You know, they kind of build the interviews. This is the most positive person I've ever talked to ever, right? right? Yeah. Like Jeff Merrick was just, you know, this guy is off the charts, enthusiastic. And, and I was like, okay, whatever. And they were right. Like, yeah. I mean, he's yeah. just, I had no idea he had this YouTube channel with all these videos about a bunch of different things, including, um, dirt biking right and other things uh i just loved hearing him talk not just about hockey but although i love i love they asked him you know well what do you think your next video would be about he's like well one of one with the stanley cup and it would be cool <laughs> yeah right. like yeah like i like that answer and it wasn't sort of this canned answer that someone in pr told him to say right it was real like i mean like that that's how he felt his stories about Joe Thornton riding the lawnmower. <laughs> yeah, that like was he great. stayed at Joe Thornton's that. house. You know, <laughs> Joe Thornton's out. I gotta cut the grass. I gotta <laughs> cut the grass. Like, you know, <laughs> great stories. I, I would encourage everybody if you don't listen to the Thirty One Thoughts podcast, anyways. I really find it to be great insider information, and I just like Elliot Freeman and Jeff Merrick's uh, report together. I think they do a good job entertaining without it feeling like saturated news right you know um and they mix in some good music too so uh yeah i i it made me feel good that he will be you know a core player on this team moving forward and i couldn't help but feel that you know this could be a future captain of the team right yeah certainly seems to have a very infectious personality and if that's, you know, I don't know what his his uh, um, history has been in terms of being in those leadership roles on his other teams. He, he talked about some of his other teammates in the past, including John Leonard, who obviously is on the Sharks, and Kale McCarr, who's a, you know, we just saw uh, when we played the Avalanche. And yeah, this is a guy that 
um, is a is a locker room asset without question, right? This is a guy that is excited to be there. This guy is, um, you know, a guy who didn't exactly was drafted in the first round. Didn't expect to be drafted where he was by the Sharks. Didn't expect to be drafted by the Sharks at all. You know, this is a guy that seems to recognize sort of the gifts he's been given in life and trying to make the best of them. It's just a he's just a really sort of magnetic personality in that way. This is a guy you really want to root for. And to be honest, it's funny because, you know, you think about, oh, if you could get a Sharks jersey of anybody on the Sharks, you know, I had a Dan Boyle jersey because Dan Boyle's our guy, right? Dan Boyle's our man. Um, and I always play defense whenever I played crappy rec league hockey, so I'm I'm predisposed to getting a defenseman's jersey. Burns and Carlson, sure, like them, but, you know, it just wasn't, it just didn't seem like the right fit. If I'm going to get another jersey, it's going to be a Mara Ferraro jersey. Like, that's... That's that's the way, you know, he's just a guy you want to root for. You not only root for, but you really want to root for him. Yeah, uh, 100%, dude. I totally agree with you. Looking forward to seeing him continue to uh, grow as a player, and I love that he's earned the trust of the coaching staff and that he's out there, that he's playing. He's, uh, you know... Brent Burns might be getting the most ice time, but I think Mario Ferrara is the best defenseman that we have, you know, in, mm-hmm. in all facets. And that's cool to see at 22. Like a guy who, you know, they talk about this on the podcast, wasn't really, you know, was expecting to be drafted, but not where he was. And I give the Sharks a lot of credit for, for getting him, uh, you know, maybe a little bit higher than most people would have thought. And that was the right choice. I mean, this is a legitimate top four NHL defenseman with a lot of skills in all areas. And, uh, I'm glad he's a shark, dude. We're going to enjoy watching him play for a long time. And, you know, full grown men can have jerseys with other men's names on the back. And maybe we'll both we'll have to we'll have to uh, argue about who gets the Ferraro jersey because we can't both have one. Yeah, because there is a line and that seems to be on the other side. <laughs> the both of us in line to get get some chicken strips with two Ferraro jerseys on. Yeah, I mean, like, can't do that. I don't know why that's the line, but somehow it is. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> one of us will have to break down and get a get a Balsers jersey. Alex True, Alex True. Hey, I mean, mm, uh, nice break. Pretty, pretty good debut. Okay, dude, I got one more question, dude, uh, and it has to do with the roster. As we saw Alex True play last night, I don't understand what the Sharks are doing with Chemilevsky. Like, I, I, I don't. <laughs> I have that question it. for you, dude. Like, I and, and I feel like this is this is a mistake. That they, they, not that they're not playing him. If they don't think he's ready, I respect that, right? He's 21. And, you know, in, in the two games he's played, it's not like he's, you know, really been like eye, eye catching, right? Like, I mean, I haven't noticed him being bad, but I haven't noticed him being great. And he has, he has a point in two games. It's respectable, right? But this guy's 21. And the fact that he's just traveling with the team, practicing at what they say is NHL speed, which I don't buy it. Not right now. They're not doing that. You know, why isn't he playing top line minutes for the Barracuda, dude? I don't understand. I don't have an answer for you, dude. I, I, maybe our listeners have a conjecture as to why that's happening. Because if, if you're you 21, you have, still need you still need reps, right? You need to play. Like I think. You've got players on the Barracuda right now, and I'm looking at you, Ante Suamela. Like, if you need somebody, I mean, Suamela should be on the 
taxi squad, right? Like that's exactly he has tax. I think it's tattooed on his back. <laughs> like this guy, he's not a, a good NHL player, right? But he could play in an emergency and it wouldn't be embarrassing, right? Sure. So that is who you should have and not the 21 year old kid who's just sitting around. He's played two games. Yeah. Like I just feel like it's a waste. Like I, I don't, I don't really understand why they're trotting around a young player like that when they have Joel Shellman, who's 26. They have Handsmark, who's 27. Got Suamela, who's 26. They've got Curtis Gabriel, who's 27. You know, these guys are, you know, we sort of know, although Handsmark maybe hasn't gotten a full shake yet. The other guys, like, clearly they have not shown that they are going to be NHL players at this point. Yeah. So they should be the ones, you know, on the taxi squad, dude. I agree with you, dude. But Thank I think we're going to. easy. I think we're probably going to see the same same lineup, and we're not going to see Chemilevsky again. Uh, you know, in the next game, because I'm sure Bugner. I'd be very surprised if Bugner made any changes here. I mean, this is a team that oh. won convincingly. They're going to keep everybody in the lineup. So we got some tough games know. coming up, dude. I just don't see the benefit to keeping a young player in an environment that has been regarded by several people who should know as maybe not the best locker room. Why is he like, Hey, let's get a really promising young player and expose him to a bunch of disgruntled veterans. Like <laughs> I don't get it. Like it doesn't make sense. Well, he needs to learn how to not to high five people. <laughs> All right, dude. Well, uh, there's some hope, a, t- a, a, a tinge of hope. And we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I really am very interested to see how they play tomorrow. Dude, I don't want to put Colorado. you I don't want to put you on the spot, but since we missed the last streaming game, do we want to stream one of these Vegas games coming up? Mm-hmm. Friday night versus Vegas or Saturday. Yeah. I mean, what are I we doing? Know. We can't go anywhere. I know. That that's true. I I do um I'm going to have to I'm going to have to say I got to get back to you, dude. I got to check. I got to check. <laughs> Check I've got a, I've boss. got an eight year I've got an eight year old that runs my life and you do know and you actually I'd say you don't know that the new Disney movie comes is being released this weekend and it's being released at the drive in and we are the kind of cool cats that go to the drive in nice so nice uh, I would say that it's a yes to one of those two nights that we'll be doing it and everybody just keep your eye out and see when it's going to be right yep. Keep your eye out, and maybe we'll run into you online. I noticed a couple people actually already followed us on Twitch. You can follow people on Twitch the way you follow people on Twitter. So I invite you to create an account on Twitch so you can interact with us when we do eventually stream, hopefully this weekend, and follow us in the meantime so we know some people are looking out for us when we we stream. And of course, we'll be posting all that on Twitter and the other platforms as it happens. Dude... We'll take it. We'll take the win against Colorado. Absolutely. Yeah. And and this, I mean, really, it, it it's so early to, I mean, because we're, well, I guess it's not that early, you know, we're, not that early. we're a th- third of the way through the season. I mean, this is, this could be, it could be a turning point for them if they're able to ride the momentum that I think that they've created. We'll find out. We'll find out. Go Sharks. Go Sharks. show want to get your questions on the air email questions at dudesonhockey.com 
Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.